Finally back recording. Took a month off, huh? Yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah, I guess that has been a whole month, haven't it? Much needed. Refocus my chi. This is the first, uh, the first ham-fisted podcast of 2019. Yeah. Definitely going to be the best of 2018 so far. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no this doubt. is going to be the best episode no, we've had this year. Yeah, no doubt about that one. <laughs> um, so, it's dry January, which doesn't matter to you. It's <laughs> dry for your... Yeah. But I just I just want to say this on record, it's miserable. <laughs> hey, you've been dealing with it worse than everyone, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> I uh, feel like I've came to the realization that my brother's a full blown <laughs> alcoholic because you are not functioning very well. I, f- I feel like when you're not drinking and just not giving a shit and always having fun, you start to realize that the world is a real place and there's real things going on outside your house. And I just don't like that feeling. <laughs> That's what I was telling Ashley. I was like, you know, it was probably the first month I quit drinking. I was probably just grumpy, didn't really want to be around anybody. Second month, it started to come around. By the third month of not drinking, that's when it kind of hit me. I'm like, oh, man, I got to actually find shit to do with my time. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to pick up all sorts of random fucking hobbies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm used to just not, you know, being carefree, whatever. Yeah. And now I gotta drive to the gas station and just you, you look ha- at people like, oh, all these people are in this town with me. Also, you have a bad day and you have to actually go home and deal with it. Yeah, you can't just be like, well, I know what'll take care of that. <laughs> exactly. Just blank my mind out. Take it's, the old eraser to it. Physically, I don't feel like uh, it's been a problem at all, but definitely yeah. it's been a. a shock to my brain yeah you've been a moody son of a bitch (laughs) for damn sure i can i can sympathize because i did quit drinking not all that long ago but at the same time i'm like hey i've made it this long you guys can make it 30 days that's that's the problem also though we cut booze and sugar out for the month of january yeah i think i've made ashley's i think i've made ashley's life a living hell because she quit smoking Quitting eating carbs and quit drinking it all in January. Yeah. First week was rough for her, but uh, I've uh, I've started a new diet where I'm eating 300 carbs a day, and uh, I'm pretty sure this has been rough on her. I'm just snacking on granola and shit all goddamn day long, eating bananas in front of her. Yeah, you stuck with that pretty pretty long, whole seven days or something like that. Yeah, kind of dropped down to 170, and uh, in five days I lost nine pounds, and I was just like, nah, I'm not yeah. into that. So. I also am a big believer in not doing keto, so I wanted to prove a point that I could eat 300 carbs a day and still stay in just perfectly fine shape. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually lost weight since I started eating the three 300 carbs a day. I gained all that nine pounds pretty much back the first day, 
and now I'm back down to like 176 or so. I weighed myself at the gym today, and I was 180 with all my clothes on. Yeah. So I'm I, just trying to build some muscle mass, you know, and I need carbs to be able to do that. Yeah, for sure. I have noticed that uh, I've been tired all the time, you know, which didn't happen last time we did it. I felt like I had way more energy last time we did it. But this this go round just I'm always beat. I've noticed it's it seems to be affecting Brit more than anybody, because every time around her, she just seems like she's running on empty. Yeah. She will never admit it. Oh no, she's feeling great. She feels great. She got all the energy in the world, but then she's just like head drooping over <laughs> the whole time I'm talking to her. I'm like, ah. she never eats either, so that probably doesn't help. That's the problem. Is she like, eats like one time yeah, a day. Eat three meals, you'll feel a whole lot better. But yeah. Uh, what kind of spawned it for me is I was just looking at like, you know, diets and stuff to gain some muscle mass, lean muscle, stuff like that. And there was just a layout of one that was 2,500 calories a day and, uh, you know, it equated to about 360 carbs because technically for my body weight, 180 pounds, let's call it, you're supposed to intake around 360 some carbs a day. But that just seems like a lot, so I'm going to go 300 first. But just looking at that layout of what 2,500 calories really is, I realize that I've been eating way under my regular uh, caloric intake, yeah. you know? Because I, I eat I three small on... meals, so I just feel like that's probably why I can't ever gain any weight. So I'm trying to bulk up now. I've, I've seen you the other day on TV on one of those uh, for five cents a day you can feed a starving kid. You know, I, yeah. I thought you were. I thought you were famous. Send a nickel my way. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you have any uh, New Year's resolutions? <clears throat> yeah, but I don't know. Don't like talking about it really. Yeah. <laughs> Calling you out on there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I did Nano Remo last year and yeah. wrote that novel in uh, November, but it was a piece of shit, and I didn't feel like editing it because I didn't feel like the story was that good. So that's my goal for 2018, is to not only write one, but to publish it at least, you know, through Amazon as an indie publishing, if yeah. nothing else, just for 99 cents. But that way I just break the seal and actually release a book. Yeah. And I was looking, you know... Fight Club, 49,000 words. I wrote 50,000 for NaNoWriMo, because that's what the you know minimum guideline is. I wrote like 53,000 or something like that. But I'm like, Fight Club's not even long enough to technically follow NaNoWriMo, and I was able to write that many in a month. If I just take my time throughout the year, write, refine, refine, and come up with something that's a decent story and release it, then, you know, 50,000 words is doable for a novel. It's a very small yeah, novel, but no, yeah, no. but Fight Club is one of my favorite books of all time. I've read a lot of books that I've loved that were less than that. Yeah. Right. It's 200 pages, basically. If I can get 200 pages, then uh, Fight Club is 199. Yeah. If I can fall in that range, I don't have to write some fucking epic, you yeah, know, 600-page yeah. novel that's 100,000 words long. you got to start somewhere. Right, but I just want to get something clear and concise to write it out you know edit it 
pay the money, get a cover made, just kind of go through the whole process of doing an indie publishing thing and actually get it out there. And even if I lose money on it, at least it's out there, you know? Yeah. Uh, My... Mine is to uh, get famous enough to be me (laughs) too. Speaking of it, I want to get super famous and then get tore down to the ground all this year. (laughs) Well, I feel like you can strike while the iron's hot. And if you just get me too right off the bat, it kind of boosts (laughs) your popularity. It could boost me up. Yeah, but the problem is I have to be famous so somebody will be like, oh, yeah, he made me do this for something like i'm it would just be rape now it's not me too <laughs> fair, fair, <laughs> enough, fair enough yeah <laughs> and uh as much as i get what they're doing with the me too movement when you just called out for rape this sounds a whole lot worse. <laughs> you don't get very famous yeah, yeah this sounds a whole lot worse <laughs> fair enough uh, speaking of the me too thing did you see garrison keeler this, I mean, this has been a couple of weeks, but we've we've been off the air for a yeah. couple of weeks. My boy Garrison Keeler, you know who Garrison Keeler is? No, no? Clue. no, God damn you, uneducated son of a bitch. <laughs> he is a Prairie Home Companion. He's a, only the best storyteller in the world. Mm. No, okay, she, well, like you sit out for a second and yes, story time. Uh, yeah, look at him. He's he's a. Very ugly man. For but. sure rape somebody. <laughs> I could have told you that without even hearing whatever the story's going to equate to. I've been listening to Gary Keeler on Prairie Home Companion for years. That sounds like fucking... some public access radio stuff. It is, yeah. Okay. yeah. It's, yeah. it's the, the it's what we found Pokey the Forge on and stuff. Sure. Um, he's the host of that. and I don't know. I just always thought... His storytelling abilities, just the way, like him and LeVar Burton, they just have a way of telling. Like LeVar Burton reads stories, but Garrison Keillor just does it like yeah. play form almost, you right. know. But uh, yeah, he touched a titty, I guess, and they're tearing him. See, I, gotta, I think he was retiring anyway. They had they had some the other guy doing Pray Home for a while. But. I gotta know the levels though. Because if he just touched a titty, I'm a big fucking deal. I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it didn't. It was literally like he um, consoled some lady who had a maybe her husband died or something, and he and he bean dipped her. <laughs> he read the situation wrong or something, yeah. and he was like went in. And she's like, what are you doing? So I noticed uh, there's an opening for a husband. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Inappropriate behavior is what it says. Now, this is a good segue, though. I read a a little excerpt from an interview with Liam Neeson where he's talking about how the Me Too movement is healthy, but it's became an absolute witch hunt to where they can just pick a random celebrity and be like, he touched my knee 30 years ago and then tear everything away from him. And I'm like, it's a bold move by Liam Neeson to take that stance in public, but he's right. I mean, there's no investigating done with it. They just are able to be like, hey, this guy touched my tit, and then boom, he loses everything. Yeah. Um, 
God, who was the last one I was just hearing about? But it was literally that. Oh, uh, TJ Miller. <laughs> I love how they're handling it, though. It's like from college. Yeah. His girlfriend from college. She was like, uh, we were dating and all, but he went a little too far. Shoved like... Co- uh, yeah, Coke bottle, bottle, Coke bottle of brass, and T.J. Miller and his wife were both just like, nah, <laughs> nah <laughs> didn't, didn't happen. happen. And it hasn't been that big of a fucking story because they're just like, yeah, she's full of shit. She's that's crazy. that's how people need to handle that. I shit. agree. Instead of issuing public apologies, like, well, if I did do something, I'm sorry. Just be like, nah, definitely. Not. <laughs> it's like Andy Dick. He's been me too like five times already, and he's just like, yeah, I'm Andy Dick. <laughs> what did you expect? I don't know what I do. <laughs> that's kind of my thing. And everybody's just like, oh, well, yeah, yeah. That's I guess, what I'm saying. Guess if, so. if you go around and you're like. Polly Shore sexually harassed me. Everyone's going to be like, yeah, he's Polly Shore. <laughs> kind of expect it. Yeah, he said, I meant to pat her on the back. She told me about her unhappiness and her shirt was open. My hand went up about six inches. She recoiled and I apologized. And that's, uh, that's basically what he's getting in trouble for. Wait, no, <laughs> there's something fishy about that. He meant to pat her on the back, but instead his hand went up the front of her shirt. <laughs> He's like, well, I went to pat her on the back. Next thing I got, no, I got a handful of tit. <laughs> I guess she wanted to take a photo with him or something, and he accidentally touched her titty. I don't now, know either n- way. Now, I do want to say that that's one sketchy territory for uh, like any celebrity male at this point. Yeah. Like taking pictures with fans, like female fans. Like you got to put your hands in the air when you're taking a picture behind your head or something. Like, nope, not touching her. Yeah, that senator. Wasn't he a senator? Um, he was at the World Fair or something. He was taking pictures and he fucking patted a girl on the ass when she took a picture with him and she went off and now he doesn't have a job anymore. I just feel like that shit is just so, I mean, <laughs> you're taking it too fucking far. It's creepy. It's creepy, but... It's creepy. Ah, oh, man, you, you pat her on the ass on the way out. Also, you when don't you're an old your man, when you're yeah. an old man, you got nothing left. Let him be a little creepy. I know. I don't want to get old anymore because I've been waiting my whole life to just be that old dude that's sitting on the porch fucking drunk. And just being super rapey, and everybody's like, oh, he's this old dude. And now you can't even do that. Uh, have you ever met an old dude who wasn't creepy towards young girls? No. No, that's what old dudes do. That's what we look forward to. Yeah, this is what old dudes do. It's not like they're physically assaulting them. Yeah, do you think you could really rape you? Yeah, they're just pinching bottoms. And then, <laughs> and then you go home feeling super uncomfortable, and he... F- Starts having flashbacks to Vietnam, not knowing where he's actually at. The <laughs> and it's he the, dies eventually. It's, yeah, it's the circle of life. That's how things work. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like, you know, I get what's good about the Me Too movement. And I'm sure there's a huge problem with legitimate like sexual harassment in Hollywood and shit like that. But at the same time, I feel like stories like that come forward and it kind of undercuts the people who are actually dealing with physical assault because when someone's like oh Dustin Hoffman offered for me to come up to his hotel room for a nightcap me hashtag me too like no that's just an adult trying to pick up another adult like you gotta draw a line somewhere 
when you're saying hashtag me too because someone tried to make a move on you, which is what men and women do with each other, then it completely undercuts people who are actually dealing with like Harvey Weinstein types that were jacking off in front of them and shit like that. Yeah. And Harvey, telling them that they wouldn't ever work in Hollywood if they didn't watch him shower. Harvey Weinstein is a piece of shit and yeah, deserved to be taken down. He deserved down. to go down for sure. But. Yeah, some, but there's some, some some of these are being fairly, taken away too far. Fairly innocent bystanders that are being taken down as well. Yeah, I mean Dustin Hoffman being one of the biggest ones. Kevin Spacey deserves to go down at this point. Yeah, as much as I, I don't want to yeah. admit it. <laughs> and they're yanking him out of movies and stuff now. CGI new people new, into his yeah, role, which is tough. insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's got to be a fine line somewhere. I think it's gotten too easy to completely take everything someone has away from them. Yeah, for sure. I've said it numerous times. If I can just make a phone call right now and be like, you know, so-and-so, Tom Hanks touched my dick, and then he loses all of his shit over it, it shouldn't work that way. They should be like, well, you know, give us some proof. We need yeah, some witnesses. Exactly. We need something other than just your word against his. I just want to put an anonymous tip that Tom Hanks touched a wiener once. And they're like, oh, tear him down. <laughs> He's Forrest Gump. He can't go down. Speaking of anonymous tips, did you hear that swatting thing that happened um, back in Kansas? What's that? So, I guess there's this dude that's been in trouble for this before but he calls he was in california and he just called the wichita police department and put in an anonymous tip that at this random address this guy had a gun and he was trying to kill his wife right so swat team goes to this guy's house he's just sitting there watching tv has no clue what's going on goes to the door they all point a bunch of guns at him and uh, he went and pulled his waistband up because his pants were falling down, and they fucking lit him up. Really? Dead. Right there in front of his family for doing nothing. He just literally answered the door. And it's because this guy in California was just calling in random addresses and saying they, had, they were doing shit. That's so fucked. Yeah. Uh, I think they've, they've eventually traced it and found out who did it and he's been in trouble for calling in false reports before but the somebody just calls a random tip in like that if halfway across the country and somebody dies because of it that's fucking dumb i mean i feel like uh, the swat team should be persecuted somewhat because uh if you never even saw a firearm i get oh for sure i get going in there being on edge because you think this person has a gun they don't know any better yeah you know? yeah but, but at the same point in time if you never see a gun maybe don't mow them down yeah you have him in your sights with a lot of guns pointed towards him. If he were to pull one out, you have plenty of time to take him down before he can do anything. But. And he didn't even put his hands in his pants or in his pocket. He just like reached behind his sweatpants and was pulling them up. And they just seen him reach behind his back and they fucking lit his ass up. He but, had no clue what was going on. Yeah. He's just like, what the hell? Like, I'm just sitting there watching Sunday football and fucking yeah. the SWAT team shows up pissed off. Like, that's insane to me that people that people insane. would do that. I don't mean to bring it down, but just well, yeah. I, I feel like that it. dude that called it in for should for sure go to prison for murder, though. Oh yeah, for sure yeah. should. That's insane. 
Uh, on a different note, did you see about that Hawaii shit? Mm-mm. Speaking of government blunders, so uh, down in Hawaii the other day, there was an emergency alert sent out to everyone with a oh, Hawaiian yeah. phone number. You know what? Cash came running into my room last night, and he was like, there's a missile going toward Hawaii. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, come on. And it, we got him those Echo Dots. Yeah. And he asked Alexa, he was like, what's the news? And then they were like, oh, false reports of... Um, Miss ballistic missile going to Hawaii from via text or something, but he was freaking out. I was like, "No, it was false reports, buddy." But no, I didn't really hear the story. So, so basically, what happened is during a shift change, somebody hit a wrong button and sent out. It was text messages, text alerts to everyone with a Hawaii phone number, automated phone calls to everyone with a Hawaii landline. And it broadcast down on the little ticker on all the Hawaiian local news that there was a ballistic missile being sent their way. And then it took them 28 minutes to send out a follow-up saying that it was a false report. So for half an hour, everyone in Hawaii is freaking the fuck out. (laughs) And then they're like, oops, wrong button. Like, maybe don't make it that goddamn easy. I, I agree. That's like, I was watching Mysteries in the Museum and there was something similar to that. There was a a test run or something in the Cold War, and it said on all the computers, like, Russia has sent missiles our way, and everybody was like, fire back, you know? And then the dude that was in charge, he just had a feeling. He was like, oh, this doesn't feel right. Like, why now, you know? And he held off, and then eventually it just stopped, and it was like test complete or something but it was just that easy for some basic test to be ran to where everybody thought russia was firing on them and they could have fucking fired and caused a nuclear war just because of that accident luckily the guy in charge just didn't have he literally it was a gut feeling he was just like ah something doesn't feel right here and he has to decide do we fire back or do we just wait and maybe yeah. all of us get nuked or maybe it's a false alarm? And he decided, he was like, I'm just... Well, it's a good thing he at least exercised some patience with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, our, that could have changed the whole world because of a, a false test, you know? It's amazing that Yeah. it's that easy for things that like that to happen. Easy, yeah. Which, that just made me think of this, like... Now that my oldest is that age to where she's, you know, in fourth grade, starting to do history and stuff, it's cool for me because I get to go over this stuff with her again. Yeah. And I was telling her because she has to go, she has to learn about this semester. It's child labor, Great Depression, World War One and Two, And I'm like, I can tell you all about World War Two, but I don't really know a whole lot about World War One. So yeah. kind of just doing a little basic studying up so I could talk to her about it. And then we we're going to watch some, you know, shows on it and stuff. And like with World War One, it's crazy how... It was just kind of a domino effect like that. Like, you always think about World War II, and it's like, ah, everyone allied to fight this giant evil power. Like, and World War One was nothing Franz like Ferdinand, that. Franz Ferdinand, wasn't it? He got shot. And then he got eventually... shot, and then they declared war, and then Russia declared war on Austria, and then Germany is like, hey, Russia, don't fuck with Austria. And then France is like, hey, Germany, don't fuck with Russia. And then Germany bombed France before they could even do anything. And then Britain's like, hey, you can't be bombing France. And then America being America is like, yeah, we're going to hold out for like three, four years. And the other plays out. <laughs> and, and then be the heroes. And then come and be the heroes. And then 
20 years later, they do the same fucking thing <laughs> the next World War. But yeah, yeah, yeah I remember I was that. like, it just made me think of like the North Korea and China situation and stuff. I'm like, if we attack North Korea and China's like, hey, don't fuck with them. And then, you know, you got like the UN and, you know, United Kingdom, all that shit being like, hey, Russia or China, don't fuck with them. And then Russia being like, hey, don't fuck with them. And I'm like, you can see how it is a realistic possibility for another world conflict like that. Yeah. Have you seen the fucking Korea shit? Like North and South Korea are like, we should, we should talk peace because of the Olympics coming up. Yeah. we we'll calm the fuck down a little bit. And Trump's like, okay. Or they're like, we should get a phone call between Trump and yeah and fucking what's his name and Kim uh, Jong Un yeah Kim Jong Un and Trump's just like nah I'm pretty much the smartest guy here in the world I've I've always been the smartest guy and I know what's best dude the fucking <laughs> talking about oh he's talking about Haiti right when he said I don't know why we'd want people immigrating from that shithole country anyways yeah are you fucking kidding me dude. <laughs> You're representing our entire nation. Maybe act a little more professional. Keep, <laughs> keep your inside thoughts inside your body. Act like a fucking professional when you're out there. Jesus. But yeah, so... I was like, it's a little scary to see. Uh, like, oh, I can see how that domino effect could take place right now, you know? Yeah, especially but, things are so brittle over there. And then we have a fucking buffoon yeah. in office being like... <laughs> calling him Rocket Man and shit, you know? He's like, he had a tweet the other day. He was like, I too have nuclear missiles, only mine work. <laughs> like, 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 there's a certain comedic effect to it where I'm like, Ugh. and then now they're talking about Oprah running as the Democratic candidate. So it could potentially be Oprah against Donald Trump for the next election. Oh, yeah, dude. It's a reality show now. It's not, a, you don't even have to be a. Pol- <laughs> well, like me and uh, Ashley were talking about, I'm like, you know, you can have Bernie Sanders come and try to run again, but when it comes down to the popularity, Bernie is never going to be able to beat out Oprah or Donald Trump because these young people voting now are not voting due to political beliefs. No. They're voting due to, hey, I know this person, and I don't know Bernie Sanders. Yeah, and Oprah had that super powerful speech, yeah. so... Now we gotta vote for her. How do you feel about Stedman being the first man? <laughs> You'll never see him. He'll be yeah. locked in the basement somewhere. <laughs> uh, man, can we just get Bill back in office? Yeah. He's about to die pretty soon. He can fix some shit first. Yeah, well... This isn't really the environment. Not, not while my Me Too's going on. Yeah, I was gonna say, this isn't the environment for Bill to flourish, really. <laughs> Monica beat Me Too and I'm quick as hell. No, oh, I'm sure Monica's not the only one. She's oh. just the one that fucking spoke up. 100%. Now that it's a trend, he'd get tore apart right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He, you know he, Bill was grabbing asses all the time. Especially when you see Monica Lewinsky. Yeah. Had, <laughs> not a dime piece at all. That yeah. means he is taking whoever would throw it his way. <laughs> yeah. He's just like... He's, he's like, just, you're, hey, you're in the room with me. What's up? He went to the Oval office, dropped his pants, and then just let everyone swat his dick around for a while. <laughs> he just did not care. He's like, whoever wants a piece, go get it. I'm the goddamn president. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so probably not the greatest environment for him. Yeah. 
It's definitely not clean enough. I'm surprised. Uh, there, I was listening to this thing about uh, Trump's addiction to diet pills. I guess not anymore. But when he was younger, he took diet pills to lose weight, and he'd eat like once a day, and he slept like four hours a day. But it's he took him for so long, I guess it fucked him up because he still only sleeps like four hours a day, and his diet's shit obviously look yeah. at him but it's just interesting like he took amphetamines for so long like he he doesn't take them now anymore just but he just effects. he just can't fucking sleep and I'm like that's that's the dude that's in, in charge of our nukes man yeah someone who's taking so many amphetamines <laughs> they can no longer sleep He's like, all right, I'll go to war with fucking everyone. I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, we basically have a glorified tweaker in office. Yeah, dude. That's basically. great. That's fucking great. <sighs> I just want an actual political candidate in office just for the fact of uh, I don't want us to be such a goddamn laughing stock to everyone. Uh, yeah, I know it. <laughs> Can we uh, be a little more professional about this, please? Because right now, with Donald Trump in office, everyone's looking at us like, oh, you fucking losers. Yeah, I was listening to this thing with comedians in Ireland. They're Irish comedians that weren't famous here, but they were talking to them, and they're asking their New Year's resolutions, and all of them were just like, yeah, Trump's demise would be great. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it has nothing to do with Ireland. Like, why is everybody so adamant about him? They going? can just see that he's a cancer. They just, I mean, he's not going to do anything good for world relations or anything like that. And I get the perfect storm that happened to get Trump in office. Oh, yeah. I mean, I Because I everyone's such fucking pussies nowadays that the silent majority came out and they're like, hey, we're fucking done. We're done with all the having to call people pronouns and having to do this. And, you know, no one's allowed to have a fucking opinion anymore. So Trump got in office as a byproduct of everyone being so PC all the fucking time, but... Uh, Patriots defensive coordinator is now the Lions head coach. Just happened. I mean, talented guy, but he just seems like such a fucking dickhead. (laughs) I would not want to fucking... Be be coached by him. Yeah, be coached by him. Well, same goes with Bill Belichick. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like this is a good segue for my hot take here. Oh, no. Been thinking about this for a while. And I think I'm ready for Bill Snyder to step down. Yeah. I think he's kind of fucking the program at this point in time. They had such a good opportunity to get a legitimate head coach in place of him. And he shot it down just because he wants his son to take over instead. And then he kind of fucked recruiting... By daring the heart of the recruiting being like, eh, I don't know if I'm coming back or not. Yeah. What recruit's going to want to sign with a team that's already a mid-tier franchise if they don't even know if their famous head coach is coming back? But he's just doing that to be like, I got you guys by the balls, and you're going to do what I tell you to do. Well, I think that he's not been running the show for a while yeah. honestly I think his son's been running the show for the last couple of years he's just a figurehead and of course he he has a lot to do with recruiting he always has and he's got a lot to do with like student relations and stuff 
But I think his job's mostly political right now. I can agree with that, but I just I feel like that offensive coordinator for Oregon right now, you know, he's got a K State clause in his contract to where at any point in time during his career at Oregon, he's allowed to leave if if he goes to K State. That's the only team he's allowed to leave and go to. Yeah, but he's a legitimate coach with a proven track record. He could be a great head coach for the program, and it'd be something to kind of spice things up a little bit. And K-State even worked out a deal with him, and then Bill's like, nah, not yeah. happening. It's going to be my son, or else I'm going to stay here until I die. <laughs> and I just feel like I get I get his uh, his whole thing, but, and, you know. Yeah, he wants to pass the legacy down. I get that. Sean, but, right? That's the yeah. yeah, maybe Sean will be a great coach, but. Well. I don't know about that because, like I said, I think he's been running the show for a while. And uh, yeah, it's either that or Bill's best years are behind him. Because <laughs> it's definitely—I mean, they're still doing all right, but there's absolutely no risk taken with K State lately. When you see the sidelines, you see Bill yelling at refs and stuff, or not yelling, but like. Yeah. Giving ref stern talking to, but yeah. you see, you see Sean doing all the play calling and everything. You know he's got the playbooks. He's yelling at the players. Bill's just being like, "Well, that's a bullshit call." <laughs> I just, to me, I think in the long term for the program, it would be better to bring in a legitimate coaching prospect like the dude from Oregon. I agree. Because then it gives the image of this school being able to pull top coaching prospects, you know. Because right now, if they just cycle from Bill Snyder to Sean Snyder, then they're like, well, it's just, we don't need, I mean, and then let's say Sean Snyder comes in, eats shit hard, is going to ruin any ability to get new head coaches because everyone's going to be like, eh, no one gives a fuck about K-State four years after just shit records. But if they bring in a legitimate coach from Oregon and then, you know, he does all right for a couple of years or even if he shits the bed, then they're like, well, you know, they're able to pull this top coach. It's probably him that's fucking it over. So maybe someone else could come in, you know. I just feel like it's going to hurt the long-term uh, success of the program to just cycle through Snyder's for the entirety of it. I agree, and I don't know enough about Sean Snyder yeah. to to make a choice on that, but I, I mean, I know this much. does owe Bill Snyder everything. They would have fucking no football if it wasn't no, for him. And I do agree with that, but and I also know this much that the athletic program at K-State doesn't seem to want Sean Snyder as their coach. Yeah. They are trying to get out of it any way possible. Yeah. Bill's just sitting strong on it, and it's in his contract that he gets a say in who takes over. And it's hard to tell somebody no when they're sitting in an office in a stadium that's named after them, that's right. on a exactly. highway that's named after them. <laughs> well, like I said, contractually, he's allowed to have a say in it. So if he doesn't want someone, they can't hire him. It's, I mean, it's part yeah. of what they wrote up in his contract, but... They're trying so hard to get someone else that they don't seem to believe in Sean Snyder at all. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a rough one, because I would rather see a battle hardened coach coming in to 
take over than he could run a little more fast-paced offense get a quarterback that can throw the ball you know i mean get in there and contend offensively i mean bill's my boy and I, I love do, him. I do love the K-State brand of football. The old, you know, just smash mouth. Yeah. You are just a tougher team, so Nitty you win gritty. that way. Yeah. But at a certain fucking point, can we get a quarterback that can throw the fucking ball? Because yeah, no uh, when it's run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass, the shit gets a little old as a fan to watch to be like, oh, they know what we're doing every goddamn down. Waters was pretty good at throwing the ball, but they still just didn't let him. They're like, right? They're like, no, no, you gotta pat, you gotta run now. Exactly. <laughs> like, Waters had the arm that if they would have maybe let him open up a little more, he could have been something. Yeah. You know? Colin Klein was the uh, absolute perfect fit for it because he could throw it when he absolutely had to but he is such a beast running it that you know he only had to throw it a few times the game and he had the arm to make it happen when he had to throw it most of his running quarterbacks aren't that good at throwing it you know that k-state gets anyways you look at sam's yeah sam's can't fucking complete a screen pass five yards away from him but he can run like a motherfucker yeah yeah, I don't know. And just, and that kind of quarterback doesn't translate, obviously. You see with Colin Klein, now he's working for Bill again. Cause yeah. His, well, K-State's not built to ever have a, at least at this NFL point. An NFL career. Not, not an NFL quarterback. Unless you're a, a wide receiver, yeah, because they've but, got wide receivers all over the fucking but, place. But this is the problem with K-State, too, is it's so hard to get top-notch wide receivers to go to the program because you you're not going to throw them the fucking ball. Yeah. So, I mean... They're able to find good talent like Lockett and shit, you know, and Jordy, but I feel like Jordy more went to K-State because it was his hometown school, and that's what he grew yeah, up he watching. Yeah, he grew up 20 you know? minutes away from He me. went because he was a fan of K-State. He probably had other options he could have picked up. Yeah. But it's so hard to just bring in a four- or five-star recruit wide receiver when they know you're not going to throw him the fucking ball. Like, you can maybe get one because we have one star receiver every time. Yeah. But uh, outside of that, everyone's relative unknowns. So I feel like, I mean, a quarterback's just so pivotal in building a good program these days. And you look at the Big 12, and you look at offenses like TCU and OU, you know, it's going to be so hard to compete with them when they have these great offenses that can carve up the K-State defense and K-State's offenses can't contend with that right now. I mean, those were closer games than I thought, but like the OU game, the score was closer than you would have thought, but the game didn't ever feel that close. It's it's like any sport, really. The, the sport's evolving, and if you don't evolve with it, you're just... Yeah. I mean, we're still playing... 50s style football out there you know that's why i would like to uh yeah like to see someone with a little bit of a new flavor coming instead of a guy who's going to run it the same exact way which i agree it's worked to keep k-state relevant but they're never going to take that step to being a top you know team or compete for the big 12 title while they're playing the brand that they are it's also hard because last time bill snyder Retired, we got Ron Prince, who was a fucking pud. Yeah. Well, a, a good example of uh, the handicap that it puts K-State in is you look at that overtime game against Texas. They're not built to win overtime football. 
because in overtime football, you know, you're only driving it 15, 20 yards, whatever, and uh, so their defense doesn't have a lot of work to do. It's just red zone, and then their offense has to get the ball to, or ball into the end zone, and the K-State offense just cannot do it. Yeah. You need someone who can evolve with the game and try to make it, instead of just being a, you know, mid-tier program, make it actually relevant yeah, and relevant. contend for a Big 12 title and be ranked, you know? Yeah, well, that hasn't been in our future for a few years. That's... Yeah. Well, something has to happen. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I thought you'd be a lot more upset about me saying that Bill needed to go. Uh, yeah. I don't know about the Bill part, but I do agree with the Sean Snyder yeah. part. Yeah, I guess I'm not really saying that Bill needs to go, per se, but I just think it's about time for a change. Yeah, I can see that. Anyway, moving on, uh, I was going to bring up, you know how uh, a couple months back we were talking about uh, Bam Margera, watching the videos of him skating, kind of getting his shit together, fresh out of rehab, sober. Yeah. Yeah, just got a DUI and checked into rehab again. That's my boy. <laughs> Didn't last long. I heard Wee Man do a stand-up the other day. Ooh. Yeah, not good. Yeah, he didn't really do stand-up. He just was... He told a story about yoga on stage. It was like a minute long. But I feel like now that Steve-O's having some mild success, all those jackass boys are like, oh, I can do that too. Yeah. I watched Gronk do stand-up on Cinemax the other day. I'm sure that was great. It was fucking terrible. <laughs> I was thinking that every comedian in the world that's been working their ass off to try to get an hour special has probably got to watch that shit and be so mad. Because Gronk's like, all right, all right. I mean, I don't party as much as uh, everyone says I do, but when I party, I fucking party! And everyone's like, woo! <laughs> He's like, it'll be like shot, shot, shot. Like maybe buy me a wheatgrass shot sometime. And you got, you guys buy me so much liquor. I'm just drunk all the time. <laughs> Grog parties, and everyone's like, woo! I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Holy frat, shit, frat bro! Yeah, it's just straight like he's not even telling jokes. He's just saying I party a bunch, <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, you do. <laughs> 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 Uh, made me so mad. Have you watched the new double special by uh, Chappelle? Yeah, I haven't. God, he's just so good, man. Yeah, he's fucking hilarious. But, like, I was watching that Cinemax thing and just thinking, like, Brian Callum. Like, motherfucker can't get a Cinemax hour special and Gronk's up here just saying I party a bunch. <laughs> yeah. and Brian Callum's one of the funniest motherfuckers in the world. Bobby Lee. Like, you can't see one of them ever getting a big-time fucking, like, promoted special on... Showtime or Cinemax or HBO. Have you ever listened to his podcast? Who? Bobby Lee. Uh-uh. The Tiger Belly podcast. I haven't. I heard about it a lot, and then I've downloaded like the last two and listened to them. It's pretty funny, dude. Bobby yeah. Lee is, Bobby Lee is fucking hilarious. hilarious guy. <coughs> well, you got anything you want to bring up here? Yeah. Hold on. Um... Logan Paul, what do you think about <laughs> that? Yeah. <laughs> I suppose we should talk about it. I know it's been kind of beat beaten to the ground at this point in time, but yeah, I just wanted to hear your take on it. I know you're a big Paul brother fan. 
for life. <laughs> I didn't even really know Logan Paul was a thing until this. I knew about Jake Paul because he's on a Bizarre Bark, which my kids watch. See, I I knew about Logan Paul before I knew about Jake Paul. Really? Just because my kids are on YouTube constantly. See, my kids don't big... watch either of them on YouTube, but they watch Bizarre Bark, which has Jake Paul. And then they listen to that everyday bro Jake Paul song from time to time. Yeah. And then I just before this happened, there was that Logan Paul song, that Help Me Help You or whatever, that they listened to. And then I was like, oh, shit. And then I was thinking that Logan Paul was the little brother until this all happened. And I was like, oh, wait, he's the older brother? Yeah, he he has a bunch of, like, vlogs he and just dance seems videos like he's, and stuff. Uh, professionally annoying is kind of what it is exactly yeah. the the first thing i ever seen him on was he you know those two like oh god i came they're like twins they're like super thin twins that do dance videos uh but, dude if you're talking to youtube stars to me i don't fucking know uh, i don't pay attention to that shit yeah. my kids watch it but i don't ever pay attention to logan paul would like show up and white boy dance and like be a <laughs> a hype man to them <laughs> but that's like the first thing i ever seen him on because my kids are always on youtube but then i started seeing more of his but i feel like he's getting everything he deserves because it's not like some dude was on a live broadcast and stumbled across a dead body and then was just like oh shit that's fucking crazy no he went Edited through it. all the work of Filming this whole thing, laughing, cracking some jokes about it while he's around a fucking dude's dead body, going home, editing it, adding sound effects, uploading it, and then being like, oh, I made a mistake. Like, you put a lot of thought into this fucking mistake. For me, I don't even give a shit about that, dude. You film that dead body, you make fun of it, have fun. I don't give a shit about that. I don't feel like... That should have tore his career down. But then you look at the rest of his Japan trip, and like he's just being super disrespectful to everybody and fucking making fun of them and like, like <laughs> ching chong bing bonging people and shit. And I'm like, eh, he deserves it. You fucking See, piece of I'm going to disagree on the dead body thing too because uh, what YouTube and their statement, they're saying that most of his views come from the ages of 14 to 18. Yeah. And when you got a bunch of young kids watching your shit, making fun of someone who just committed suicide, I'm like... Well, he didn't really make fun of him. He laughed and he was, I mean... Yeah, I mean, he was nervously, he never, he nervously never, awkward yeah, about it. Never showed the face, you know. No, you couldn't tell who it was. I mean, as as far as content, I don't think he did anything wrong. I mean, yeah, it wasn't really something that he probably should have released to his audience. Yeah. But I feel like, as far as putting it up, I don't think he did anything wrong. But also, like... See, I'm just saying that he did based on know your fucking audience. Yeah. Because, you know, it's a bunch of teenage, you know, young teenage kids watching your shit. And... Yeah, made fun of is not the right word, but still, you're just bringing up a fucking fresh suicide on the video, and it is straight disrespect to the guy's family. He didn't show the face, which, yeah, but I don't know, maybe don't make light of suicide to a bunch of 14-year-olds. 
Yeah. I, yeah I, I just just know that. your audience. If you're a fucking star on world star hip hop and you upload that video, I'm not going to give a shit about it. But when you're getting your bills paid by a bunch of 14-year-olds watching your shit and then you upload a dead body, eh, you should expect to lose everything. Yeah, I agree. Mm. And YouTube indefinitely uh, yanked all of his shit. So yeah. he's not even allowed to up- upload anything on YouTube. They finally came out and made a statement. They're just like, yeah, it's not something we support. So. Wasn't Jake Paul getting suspended for something too? I'm not sure. From, from everything I've seen so far, Jake Paul seems to be distancing himself as yeah. much as possible. I don't know like, that, dude. Nah, dude, I'm cool. <laughs> I'm cool. I like being rich. Who the hell is that? I'm going to keep cashing in this Disney Channel bizarre bargain money. <laughs> um... Another thing I wanted to bring up was I was watching the uh, Eddie Bravo Invitational shit. Yeah. And they do this thing. Uh, have you ever watched Combat Jiu-Jitsu? No. No? It's very interesting. Like, uh, I don't know how I feel about it quite yet, but uh, what it is is it's Jiu-Jitsu with open palm strikes. So you can't close fist punch anybody, right. but you can slap somebody in their fucking face as hard as you kinda want. Kind of like the old pancreas events. Yeah, and like it makes it more interesting because you're not going to sit there and try to work on an arm bar when you're getting the fucking shit slapped out of you, you know? Right. And I just, uh, they're doing these big combat jujitsu events now. And, uh, I don't know. I just thought it, I thought it was kind of cool. I, I didn't know if you'd ever seen it before. No, I haven't. I mean, back in the old Bass Rootin' days. Uh, yeah. I just feel like Eddie Bravo is constantly... Uh, trying to change the game. Morphing, yeah, morphing the system He's out there. trying as hard as to make a jiu-jitsu a mainstream type thing. You know, yeah. I don't know if it'll ever fully catch on, but I appreciate the work he's doing for it. His uh, partnership with the UFC helps a lot because he's on that fight pass, yeah. which nobody has really. But uh, it's getting him out there. It's getting jujitsu out there, and I think that's cool. And I think that uh, with combat jujitsu, you're getting a lot more uh, bigger stars. Yeah, coming in and doing jujitsu competitions because that's one thing with the UFC. If you're contracted with the UFC, you can't fight with other organizations right. but you can do jujitsu yeah. tournaments and he, he i mean he was having some bigger name people out there doing these combat jujitsu tournaments i mean i just yeah i thought it was pretty cool it is cool mm-hmm. i just want to bring up while we got this on in the background uh sage northcutt getting choked out by mickey gall yeah uh you see uriah faber was saying that he wants Northcutt to be a lot more vocal about wanting a title shot because he deserves it at this point. Like, uh, he's like won one fight in a row, so <laughs> maybe chill the fuck out. <laughs> Just got choked out by Mickey Gall and then came back and won a fight. Maybe don't try to promote him as the future champ just yet. Yeah. Man, him and Paige Van Zant. how long has the UFC been trying to get them up to oh, superstardom? Sure. Yeah. It's been years now, a couple years, and uh, they just haven't broke through. They're trying to push them based on looks, and they just don't quite have the skill. I mean, Sage is 
super athletic and young enough to get it put together eventually. But I wonder if, uh, you know, if he is to take another hard loss, like how much is that going to hurt his stardom? Yeah. Maybe don't push him so hard just yet until he gets his shit together. But training under your eye, he looked like a different fighter last time. I mean... Speaking of, now they're playing Van Zant versus Watterson. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Why they just showing him getting beat up now? <laughs> uh, who do you got for the Stevens Doohoo Choi fight? I think I'm going Choi. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I love watching Jeremy Stevens fight. I don't think Jeremy Stevens is the most talented fighter no, in the weight he's class. A bruiser, though. He's That's... a bruiser, and he can win any fight he's in, a hundred percent. Yeah, but I feel like Choi is just a more technically oh, gifted striker. Way more. Uh, I agree. Yeah. That being said, I picked Stevens. Yeah, you know, one uppercut away from just knocking Choi's head off. Yeah, I picked Stevens um, on my DraftKings, but yeah, uh, I went with Choi just based on the talent alone. He is more talented, but I feel like Stevens. Yeah, he's just a a, a dog out there, you know. I feel like uh, Paige Van Zant's being fed an opponent. Yeah, so she's gonna win. Kamaru Usman is gonna destroy. I'm not sure how I felt about the Hall fight. You know, it's a shame that that's off now, but... Yeah. There's part of me that's like, Hall's just so much more talented than Belfort at this point in time, but I can also see Hall being as soft as he is, being like, oh, it's Belfort's retirement fight. Like, I'm going to feel bad if I knock (laughs) him out. I picked Belfort just because I know how Hall crumbles mentally. For sure. But... Yeah, he couldn't even make fucking weight. He's and then who was the other one? They uh, they said he was on weight. He just passed out on his way to the scale. Uh, there was, what was the other fight that got canceled because he was cutting weight and he stood up in the bathtub and fucking fell and knocked himself out. I'm not sure. I got the notification about it, but I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But and then there was a third fight that didn't make weight. He's given up 20% of his purse. So, I mean, then this brings up the topic again. Should they open a couple more weight classes? Uh, Weight cutting has became a big issue for a lot of people to where there's people getting sick, people passing out from it. And especially shit like this where you're getting um, so many, I mean, three, three fights on this card. I mean, yeah. it's a free card. I I get that, but three fights are canceled because, or not canceled, but have problems because of weight cutting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's uh, it's became an issue to where every card it seems like there's. It used to be every card everyone was on weight, and every once in a while you'd see someone miss it. But more and more people are either missing weight, they're getting sick during weight cuts. It's just people are trying too hard to get the biggest advantage possible. I feel like it does reopen the argument that if you open a couple more weight classes, then people can just move up, you know, five, ten pounds yeah. and buy a little bit heavier and be a lot healthier about it. Also, you're going to have some people doing three. You know, having three belts, four belts at a time. Yeah, but is that so much a bad thing? 
Eh, probably not. It's a lot like boxing is, you know, at this point in time. It's a bad thing when you got people like we have now who get two belts and then don't defend them ever. Right. They'd have to be a lot more vigilant on you have to defend your belts. I'd say once a year, you have to defend each one of your each belts. Each one, yeah. Or else you forfeit it. Yeah. Because you can't have them just sitting on that shit for fucking two years. You I know? like that. If if you don't defend, make a title defense in You don't in do an interim. Year. You just forfeit, forfeit the title. It. Yeah, and, yeah. And, but it also opens so up the possibility. if you have four belts, you have to have at least four title fights in a year. You it, know? it opens up the possibility of more stars to promote the company. Yeah. It, you know opens up to where just damn near every event for the year you can have a title fight, which makes it a little more exciting. There's something at stake, you know, instead of just random contender fights and stuff. You can have contender fights and title fights all at once. And it also opens up for a lot more champ versus champ crossover, you know, fights to where someone from the 155 could fight the champ at the 165 or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. I think, I think eventually that's where they're gonna have to go. They gotta start exploring it at this point in time. I mean, as much as this became an issue, they it's killing the UFC to keep having these big name fights pulled from the card because people can't make weight. Yeah, the last I mean, the last year probably has been a big problem with big name fights always having. I mean, we'll have a pay per view where two of the main cards will cancel and, th- and you'll have two or three of those. Yeah, every, there's so know. many fights canceled nowadays and I think a lot of it comes from weight cut and fatigue and a lot of the injuries come within that last week of training and it's probably just because they're cutting weight, their body can't handle anything more and, you know, they're just not as healthy as they should be. Yeah, Especially or, or when you get to your like immune that, system goes down and right. you get sick. I mean, like the 205 to heavyweight? Put a 215, put a 225 in there, you know, something like that. Because you get those heavyweights trying to cut down too, you know. Cut a lot of weight, make 205 because that's the nearest weight class to heavyweight. There's such a big gap there. Yeah. 55 pounds between the cutoff for heavyweight and the cutoff for 205. Yeah. 55 pounds, put one or two more in there. For sure. And then, yeah, I'd say add a couple more down lower just so people can fight more at their natural weight i think it makes the fights more exciting when they're fighting at their natural weight instead of it becoming like you know anthony johnson trying to make 170 all the time when he's a natural heavyweight and just having such a fucking size advantage over everyone yeah yeah i agree well we're at an hour we're at an hour and your boy's up yeah watching us like a hawk I got a creeper back here. What's creeper. up, champ? What's up? <laughs> you look tired. I didn't know you had that up there. Yep, you got your medals. No, I said dough. Okay. Oh, uh, Ali. Uh, Ali, yeah. yeah. The well, champ. <clears throat> um, we're back. We'll be back next week. Ham-Fisted Podcast. Or at Ham-Fisted Pod on Twitter. Podcast at gmail.com Say shit or don't. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome any feedback. And it's going to be a good year. Yes, it will. 2018, babies. Yeah, yeah.